Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, This is uh, Earl Stewart Live. You just heard my recorded voice. And uh, I got some good news for our regular listeners. Uh, Rick's back. Rick Kearney, Yay. our certified diagnostic master technician. <laughs> uh, he escaped for one week and got away and had a real nice vacation. He put us uh, in panic mode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we did okay. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're so glad to have him back. And I'll, I'll talk about, uh, uh, now we can honestly answer questions about fairly uh, uh, technical stuff on cars. We were cheating last week with Google, and then we had, uh, we had a stand-in off-site for Rick, and then we had to text and go back and forth. A little awkward. So this week, with uh, Rick live and in color, uh, sitting to my right right here, Stop he up. can answer virtually everything. i got to throw a virtually in there because sometimes we have to you know, do a little research on questions. But cars are so complicated today that uh, I'm so glad that he'll be answer, able to answer questions. The problem with the cars today, the good news and the bad news, is that they're so high-tech and there have been so many improvements. Uh, that's the good news. The bad news is they're so hard to understand. And if you're like me, and here I've been in the car business over a half a century. When I get in my car, there's still about 25 or 30% of the buttons that I don't know what they do. And I don't get the full use out of my vehicle. And I'm probably not getting the use of something that could be serious, like safety. So if you have any questions like that, just give us a call at 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. Or text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero. That text number again is seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Now, for the new folks that just tuned us in accidentally, maybe you know, True Oldies Station doesn't tell you what we do here. Uh, True Oldies was a great sixties, uh, seventies, I think some fifties too um, music. I love it because I was born in nineteen forty. Yeah, to break it to you, eighties are considered oldies now. Yeah, that's terrible. So anyway, if you're looking for music, you're not going to get it here. Although, I'll sing a little ditty to you if you insist, but I'm only kidding. Uh, What this show is all about is how to help you avoid being ripped off by a car dealer. That's kind of like the vernacular. I could say avoid being taken advantage of. But uh, that's why we're here. And uh, we'll help you any way we can. If you're in the process of buying or leasing a car, call the show. And we'll give you some tips, some advice. If you've already bought a car and you want to know how to have it maintained or repaired properly and safely and honestly, we can help you there. Uh, we love your anecdotes. We love your uh, experiences, your, your daily experiences out there in the wild, wild west of buying cars. And that's what it's like buying a car in South Florida or, for that matter, just about any state. Florida is really the wild, wild west. We, uh, we got a lot of laws. Actually, we don't. We, we have a few laws. 
and the laws that we have are not enforced. And that's very sad. Um, Mystery Shopping Report, uh, Stu Stewart is uh, in charge of that, and he is our uh, master spy. He sends the, the uh, volunteers out into the uh, cold uh, to pretend to buy or lease a car, and we usually respond to an advertisement. Sometimes we find a car, in fact, we usually find too many cars out there with dangerous recalls, and we buy those, you know, on paper, pretend to buy, and see how much disclosure we get. And we name names, and we name dealerships, and we post the we post the uh, sh- shopping report on blog on my blog, EarlonCars.com. So if you want to read any shopping report we've done for the past many years, you'll probably find your dealer if you live in the South Florida area. And we shop just about everybody, the little guys, the big guys, and we shop multiple times. We typically go back if we get a good report to see if they're still being good or vice versa. So that's kind of what uh, this show is all about. Uh, we're also streaming. That's important because uh, we're evolving here. It used to be a radio show. Been doing this for 17 years. I can't believe it. Just me and Nancy. Uh, half an hour show. Uh, this radio station was owned by a different group of folks. It was called CDU Radio back then. And Nancy and I were on for half an hour. And it's evolved to an hour. And here we are, two hours. Hey, hey, maybe we go to three hours. I don't know. Yeah, we thought about it, it that. It feels like as if we're in a suite. Yeah. Compared to where we were. Yeah. As long as we went to 11 instead of starting at 7. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We can add an hour, but it's on the backside. I'd love to have a guest person uh, come on, you know, a uh, consumer advocate type of person. Rosemary Shahan in California. Rosemary, if you're listening, uh, she is one of the most amazing pro-consumer car buying consumer advocates there is. Rosemary Shahan. Google that uh, and see what she's done. Her company is CARS, C, that's the acronym, C-A-R-S. Maybe Stu will Google that because I can never remember. It starts out with consumers. Consumer action. Something. I don't know. I'll you don't know. But anyway, she right invented now. the lemon law. Can, can you believe that? You know, lemon law, that's part of our parlance now. If you buy a, a new car and it's a lemon, it's a dog, it's a bow-wow, and you really want to, uh, uh, you really want to get some help from somebody, all the states now have lemon laws that allow you to do that. All of them are a little different. Well, Rosemary Shahan wrote the first lemon law in California probably, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago. Proud Again. to know her. Yeah. For sure. And she's amazing. Excuse me for a moment. Tina, we'll be right with you. Well, let's not wait for Tina. Let's, let's talk to Tina, our very, very best caller. Thank you, Tina. That's right. Good morning, Tina. Hi. How are you all doing this morning? Great. Hey, Tina. Hi, how are you? Welcome back from vacation. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you, Tina. It's good to be back. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks. Um, you know, this time of year, a lot of people are traveling. They're going up north to see family, or some family are traveling down here. And, of course, part of traveling includes not just your airplane flight, but includes renting a car. And we talk all the time about buying a vehicle and how you have to watch for a lot of pitfalls. But apparently, these car rental companies have come up with all kinds of crazy fees, and they almost make car dealers look honest by comparison. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder if we can talk a little bit about watching for pitfalls when you're, I know, I know I'm using that word again, but watching for pitfalls when renting a car. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, Don't I think, the insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the rental companies invented the hidden fee. 
Uh, maybe the car dealers copied them, but uh, it's interesting. I, I happen to own a rental company, and uh, uh, so I'm aware of what the competition is doing. And um, it's they lose money on the advertised rate of the car, kind of like car dealers. Car dealers cannot sell you a car for what they advertise the car for, and they they trick you into paying more. Rental companies do the same thing. Car rental, whether it's Hersh Davis Enterprise, they all do the same thing. And they have the extras. Uh, about the only difference between the rental companies and the car dealers is rental companies will sell you the extras or try to. And I'm not so sure they always do. Uh, I'm sure there are car dealer or rental companies out there that sneak the hidden fees in just like car dealers do. But uh, there, you probably, for example, you probably are covered in your rental car uh, by your current insurance in your regular car or even your homeowner's insurance. Uh, most of the insurance companies will have a clause in there that protects you when you rent a car. But what the rental car companies do is they sell you more insurance, insurance that you don't need. And they also will gaff you on the uh, gasoline. And they can charge you anything per gallon uh, if they want to. If it's in the fine print, then it's legal. And you have to bring, you're supposed to bring the rental car back with a full tank of gas. So if you bring it with back at a half a tank, uh, they'll charge you for the full price that you wouldn't have to pay. You could, you could buy it for 50 cents a gallon less if you did it before you brought it in. And it's little tricks like that that uh, you have to watch out for, Tina. I think, uh, did I sum it up okay for you? Yes. And another thing that you have to watch out for is, like, if you're going to a foreign country and decide to rent a car there, <laughs> they can slap you with thousands of dollars worth of fees. It could be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. So if you decide to go to a foreign country and you want to rent a car, make sure before the car even leaves the parking lot, you take photos of the car inside and out, take photos of the odometer. That way they can't try to pull tricks on you afterwards. <laughs> and one of the most notorious car rental companies that you should really think twice about is a company called Sixt, S-I-X-T. Stay away from that company. They what have is, had more public relations nightmares than any other car company. I can what is that again, Tina? Spell that one more time. S-I-X-T. Huh, I haven't heard Sixth. of them. They usually rent, of yeah, they usually rent like luxury vehicles, but mm -hmm. you might want to think twice before renting from them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my my brother is um, is can't ever return to Italy for a car rental fiasco there. I think mm -hmm. he damaged, knocked off a side window in one of those narrow narrow alleyways. Mm -hmm. I think he got a ticket, Ooh. and so he is uh, he's on the watch list. Well, that's funny. I can't return. <laughs> I can't return either because I wrecked a motor scooter in Italy. It runs in the family. Yeah, and uh, I and I can't return to Jamaica because I wrecked a car in Jamaica. That's I'm one not, one, I, I, one of the things is a left hand drive. I know that's not what you called about Tina, but you know. I don't ever rent a car when there's when there's left-hand drive. I mean, I'm so used to driving on the right, I just can't feel safe. I took the bus. <laughs> well, Tina, thank you. That's a good angle on uh, uh, rip-offs. So, we talk about car dealers. Don't, never don't buy their gas either. Don't buy their insurance. Don't buy their gas. Oh, no. And mm -hmm. don't rent at the airport. That's another good, another yeah. good piece of advice. Tons yeah. of scams out there, Tina. Yes. When it comes to renting. We love hearing from you, and uh, we love you being part of the show every week. So we all want to thank you, and have a great weekend. Thank you, and thank you, ladies. Nancy and I can't do this by ourselves. We need you. Please call. Thanks, Tina. Thank I, you very I much. I think you just opened the door, Tina. 
Yeah. Have a great weekend. Hey, Gina from Texas. Good morning. Hello. Good morning, Gina. Welcome. How are you? Oh, we're doing Thank great. You. What's on, what's on your mind? Are you, uh, what part of Texas are you from, Tina? Close to Lubbock. Lubbock. Is that uh, right? Nice. Hmm, interesting. Do we do we know a dealer in Lubbock? No, I know a dealer in Amarillo and uh, Baytown, just outside of Houston. Oh, okay. I got some uh, relatives out there in uh, Texas, out in Austin, and uh, just uh, Dallas, all over the place. Are you a first-time caller, Gina? Yes, I am. Congratulations. You just won yourself $50. And if you'll text me. Really? Yes. I'll give you the text number where you can send me your contact information so that I can get that $50 out to you. 772-497-497. Six five, three zero. Okay, thank you. Did you give that down? Give it. uh, Read that again. So be sure we get it down right. You want to read it back to me? I'm gonna let you give it again. (laughs) Seven seven two. Four nine seven. Six five. Three zero. Okay, Tina. Uh, what uh, what's on your mind? Do you have any questions about buying a car in Texas, or uh, I guess they have dealer fees in Texas, like they do all over. We call them hidden fees now. But have you had a good or bad experience out there that you'd like to share, or maybe just ask us a good question? I have a question. I'm having a. It's not a little car. It's a, a motorhome. Okay, motorhome. And checked oil on it, and it's got. A plastic tip on the end of the oil stick, and it looks like it's broke off. Hmm. And right. if it's a broke off inside, should I try to get some to clean it out, or is it going to hurt anything? Hmm. If it's just a plastic tip, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, at the next oil change, when you bring it in for a service, because you said it's a, a good sized motorhome. Yeah, it's pretty good size. It's not a huge one, but um, I noticed that it broke off, and I don't know when. And I'm worried that it is inside for sure. Rick, what would it cost her to fix it that she wanted to get it out that was worrying her? What would be the procedure and approximate cost for her? Uh, the cost to be hard to say without knowing the exact model and how it's designed. Cause sure. It, they would have to lower the, the oil pan. Right. But there's a very good chance... Uh, a lot of those bigger vehicles like that use a larger drain plug. So there's a good chance that when they change the oil, wow. if the mechanic knows that piece is in there, he might be able to use a little pick mm-hmm. and just kind of fish around in there and maybe actually get it to come out through the drain hole. Yeah. So, I mean, you might be able to get that taken care of for almost nothing, you know, very low cost, if anything. But I, the main thing is you want to make sure you just replace that dipstick, get a new one in there so that you can get an accurate idea of how much oil you have in the vehicle. I'm really surprised that they would do that. What make motorhome is it, Tina? Gina? It's a 2000, yeah, it's a J, 2004. Uh, And and the manufacturer, is it a Winnebago or a, uh, what type? It's a Fleetwood. A Fleetwood. Okay. I think I'll probably have to call a, Oh, a place that has wrecked ones, maybe, and get a new dipstick 
Well, that'd be great if you could find that. Uh, you could Google, you know, Google it, do a search, and they might find you might find they use dipstick. I mean, they have everything else used online, and uh, that'd be a way to save a lot of money. Yeah, right. I would check out uh, one of the sites that I like to look at for uh, aftermarket parts that are relatively inexpensive is Rock Auto. Oh yeah, it's R O C K A U T O dot com. And it's amazing okay. the um, the variety of parts that they have available that are way less expensive than dealerships, and a, a dipstick would be a should be a very inexpensive item, even if you had to get it from a dealership, you know, from a from a uh, motorhome place, a supply store. That should be a relatively uh-huh. inexpensive item, like well, less than twenty dollars. Oh, okay, that's great. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, Rock Auto, uh, write that down, everybody listening. Rock, R-O-C-K, auto.com that Rick just uh, reminded us of. One of the great sources of auto parts, truck parts, uh, RV parts, and they're huge. They are absolutely huge, and they have virtually everything. The prices are great. Rockauto.com. Well, Tina, thanks very much for the call. Uh, hey, hey, Gina, this, oh, is, this is Nancy. I just don't. I'm going to repeat uh-huh. that number again, 772 497 6530, your contact information you can send to me at that text number, and I'll send you the 50. That'll buy you two dipsticks. I'm here in the dark, so I think I've got it wrote down right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, not only did we answer your question, but we're paying for your dipstick. How about that? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) I just don't don't want to worry about it tearing something up if I, you know with it running in that old plastic piece being in there i understand well that plastic piece will f- fall to the bottom of the oil pan so it's highly unlikely that that's going to cause any damage at all anyways it'll just sit down in the bottom of the oil pan that's a highly unlikely that bothers her, okay. just like yeah, it bothers me. Yeah. Like when the doctor says, it's highly unlikely that what you have there is going to kill you. That, right. that, that makes me feel a little better. but <laughs> Heard that before. I'd like to have a positively not going to kill you instead of highly unlikely. True. Tina, true. thank you very much. That was a great call. And, Give uh, us a call again, oh, Tina. Please do. Yeah, and spread the word in Texas. We'd love to have more Texans call. We, we love Texans. I'll spread you all over the... Oh, thank you. <laughs> Love that accent. <laughs> okay, thank you. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Hey, um, uh, uh-huh. Rick, uh, there was a day whenever I went to the junkyard, and uh, I got parts for my car. Are there still junkyards out there? Yes, there are, and still uh-huh. the old uh, pick-and-pull yards where you go there with your tools, take whatever parts you want off the car, you go up front and you pay for it and away you go. Yeah, yeah the mafia yeah. uses that. They they put bodies in cars and then they crush them and then you never, that's where you know, Jimmy Hoffa is at a junkyard. Yeah, I, I heard they crushed him and made him into hubcaps. Yes. Yep. There you go. He became Jimmy Hubcaps. At any rate, that was a good old days and I used yeah. to have a whole lot of fun. Hey kids, come on. Mom's going over to the junkyard. Gotta yep. get some parts for my car. or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, take advantage of youranonymousfeedback.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Say whatever you want. 
and you remain anonymous. Nancy and I were talking in the car on the way to the show, and we were talking about, gosh, we sure would like to have a car salesman or a car dealer call the show. And what? And I said, well, they wouldn't want to be identified, and they wouldn't. It might recognize their voice. This is perfect for youranonymousfeedback.com, yeah. and we'd love to have somebody out there. Nancy says, I'd just like to hear a car salesman justify, rationalize, the way they sell cars. Yeah, this how is they how know, we do what we do. How they know, you know, <laughs> that the, the car the they advertise cannot be bought for the price, and then explain it. And you can do it on youranonymousfeedback.com. We will read it, and we will comment on it, but you can get it off your chest. And if you're afraid, you know, we make fun of you, you're afraid you get in trouble with your employer, uh, your anonymousfeedback.com. We probably got a bunch of them cropped up over there, don't we, Stu? We have a few. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we are go- we're uh, we're on a roll this morning with the ladies. We're going to go to Santa Cruz, California. Wow. And we're going to talk to Gail. Good morning, Gail. I love Santa Cruz. Good, mo- good morning. Are you a first-time caller, Gail? I am a first-time caller. You what? just won yourself $50. Wow. Oh my gosh! You're kidding, but I do have a question, though. Oh, that's I perfect. That's perfectly acceptable. Uh, I can give you the text number, Gail, for okay. you to send okay. me your contact information. Do you have a pencil handy? Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Um. Yes, I do. But let me get my eyeballs. I've got. Okay. Take your time. Very exciting. California, Texas. Yeah, we we can announce it. We can get to the questions and let you know she's yeah, listening. Yeah, so. we can. You can take your time with the pen, tablet, and ask your question. Uh, because, like I said, we're on a roll, and we have another female caller waiting. Get out so of here. So, what can we do okay. for you this morning, Gail? I don't believe it. Uh, I have a 2002 Jeep um, Sport Jeep. It's oh gosh, my daughter just gave it to me. Anyway, so it's fine, but my bottom taillights, it has double taillights, and um, the bottom ones are out. I didn't even realize it until my girlfriend told me. Anyway, I went and got light bulbs. Um, She tried to help me change the light bulbs, and it's still not working. Hmm. So now my next thing is, is it something electrical in the lights, the the taillights, or is it a fuse? Does that make sense? Boy, am I glad Rick's back. What do you think, Rick? Um, If both sides are out, the first thing I'd be doing is have a, a, a find a good technician that can check it properly and just make sure okay. that you're getting a power and ground to it. Uh, but on oh. older vehicles like that, especially Jeeps where somebody might have been kind of off-roading a little bit, if the ground wires have started getting corroded or a little bit of dirt or something has gotten in and messed up that connection, that can cause those lights oh. to go out very easily. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you, and, thank you. And one, one, more, one more piece of advice. <laughs> when you're doing that, be sure you get the price up front as to what they estimate it's going to cost you. Uh, they can't always tell you exactly because, as Rick said, it's more of a diagnosis. But have the price conversation before you turn them loose on your Jeep and yep. try to find a, a service here, a department with a good reputation. Uh, you don't want to spend a whole lot of money on a 2002 Jeep, and uh, those wow. diagnostic time can mount up before you know it. Yeah, one other thing I'd recommend, 
uh, as silly as this sounds, go on the internet to the forum sites for Jeep owners. Ah, good idea. And I guarantee you there is somebody in your area that will, if they haven't already experienced this problem and can clue you to where to look for it, they will be able to point you towards a, a mechanic, either a, a dealership mechanic or an aftermarket mechanic, an outside mechanic, that they trust wholeheartedly. Because the Jeep community, okay. they they're some incredible people, and they will find mechanics that they will trust, and they'll make sure to take care of you. Oh, great suggestion. Thanks, okay. Rick. Thanks, Rick. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, you know what? My, son, my son-in-law, because my daughter gave me the car, my son-in-law had mentioned to me, they kept that car for quite a few years, uh-huh. but they live far from me. They live in Marin, um, Tiburon, California. Uh-huh. And he said, if anything goes wrong, let me know. We will find a Jeep specialist down here in Santa Cruz. Because, see, that car was taken care of like it was a brand-new car. But they went to someone that specialized in Jeeps. So I, I, you're reconfirming what my son-in-law told me. Because right. he said he would find somebody down here in Santa Cruz for me. Yeah. Well, well spread the word in Santa Cruz. Tell all the folks out there in California to give us a call. We really appreciate you, call, you calling the show from so far away. What time is Thank it in you. Santa Cruz? It is 525. I'm up because I have to go to work. I have a new schedule, and I start working on Saturday. So I see. I'm up getting ready to go to work. Wow. Thanks 525 a.m. Thanks for taking the time to join us with your busy You're schedule. Welcome. I'll give you that text number if you'd like. You can send me your yes, contact number. Yes, I have. I have. Mm-hmm, go ahead. 772-497-497. Point nine seven six five three zero six five three zero. Great, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Happy holidays. holidays. Spread the word, thank Gail. You. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Give, give us a call toll free eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And remember, we have a mystery shopping report. It's always a doozy. And don't for re- don't forget to read Earl's, well, one of Earl's columns that I have in front of me, and that's an open letter to Governor Ron DeSantis, Speaker Jose Olivia, President Bill Galvano, and General Attorney General Ashley Moody. And the subject, Enforce Florida Statue 501976. Very controversial uh, column. In fact, so controversial that Hometown News uh, didn't want to run it. And after we talked to them, they agreed uh, to run it. And the op-ed section of their newspaper, Hometown News, and even more so exciting, uh, this particular article, uh, they are going to contact uh, the individuals to whom I wrote the letter, uh, Governor DeSantis and the others, and they're going to ask them to comment on this uh, letter, which uh, they felt was too controversial to uh, run in the uh, regular part of the paper. It basically says we've got some laws on the books that should be enforced, and they're not being enforced. So the open letter was sent to the President of the Senate and the, uh, uh, the Speaker of the House, uh, the Governor, and, uh, of course, the Attorney General, Ashley Moody. Ashley Moody uh, is the one that really should be talking about enforcing these laws. But the Absolutely. legislators also ought to uh, wonder. They make a law. 
uh, they should think that should be enforced. So uh, it's a good question, and it'll be interesting. Next week we'll let you know who responded uh, to Hometown News to comment about my um, column, and uh, we'll see what happens. It'll run in Florida Weekly the following week, this week in the Hometown News, and, and of course, you can read it right now online at EarlOnCars.com. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, we're going to go to Karen, who's been holding from West Palm Beach, and uh, John will be right with you. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. Welcome. How are you? Well, doing thank fine. you. What's on your mind, Karen? Okay, so I have a 2017 Lincoln MKC that I bought coming off of a lease. Mm hmm. About two months after I had it while driving on I-95, um, all of a sudden, my radio was playing, but my windows wouldn't roll down. The air condition shut down. It scared oh. me half to death. Um, so this continued for a little while. Um, I would turn, sometimes I'd turn the car off, and then it would go back to being normal. And other times I would get in the car, and the windows, same thing, wouldn't roll down. The... Um, radio would still be on but the air wouldn't come on and of course in the florida heat it was really hot hmm. so i took it into the dealer they had it for eight days and of course they couldn't recreate the situation so they gave the car back to me oh. so this was oh approximately march of this year so a couple months ago coming out of work it did it again and of course they're asking me to bring it in the minute it does it but you know you're not always um in a position to do that mm -hmm. And it took me four or five times shutting the car off and on and even pulling over to get the windows to roll down and get, you know, the air cranking. Well, the other day I was back on I-95 again, and I heard this, like, wind blowing, and I looked and my tailgate was up. Oh. And I had not opened my tailgate. So I pulled over to the side of the road, I hit the automatic button to close it, and it wouldn't work. So I had to physically get out of the car and close the tailgate. So I'm really frustrated, and um, I don't know. I understand the workings of um, electronics that they do have to recreate that. Before, but I'm kind of dismayed, and I don't know where to go from here. Well, before Rick um, addresses this, and this is definitely something for Rick, uh, you said this was an off-lease car. Did you buy? Did you lease the car, then exercise your option to buy it, or did you buy it from somebody else because the car had been leased to someone else? No, it was, I bought it at the dealership. It had just come in off of a lease. Off of a lease. Uh, the reason I ask that, and Rick can address this, is it sounds like this might have some water water problems. And, and uh, if this is a flood car, uh, there, there might be a record. Have you checked the Carfax report on this car to see if it's been in a flood or had anybody examine it to see if it looks like it had been partly underwater? I'll throw the ball into Rick's court. Well, they gave me the the car. They showed me the Carfax report on the day that I bought the vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, it just the car had just come in um, mm -hmm. that morning when I came in that afternoon, and it was exactly what I was looking for. So I'm not sure that they did a total, you know, look over of the car at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, they gave me a really good deal, and um, you know, but like I said, the eight days that they had it. They could, they just couldn't recreate it. But you know, I have a warranty on it up to a hundred thousand miles. At this point, I have thirty-seven thousand miles on it, 
And, you know, I just really want to document because I don't know if the dealer can do anything. This continues to happen. It kind of scares me, you know, when you're going, you know, 75, 80 miles an hour and things start shutting down. Hey, Karen, I don't know what kind of warranty you have, but I kind of doubt it would cover things like um, electronics and and uh, things of this nature. Uh, 100,000 mile to cover uh, maybe the powertrain. What uh, Do you know exactly what type of a warranty and what it covers? I don't have it with me, yeah. Earl, right at the moment. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm doubtful, I'm sorry to say, that it would cover this. But, Rick, you go ahead. What do you think? Uh, this one's a uh, very weird one because you're definitely got some electrical gremlins going on there. And I would be very, very concerned about this because it's, it's a safety issue right off the bat. If you've got a back hatch opening while the vehicle is traveling, that's a major safety issue. And I would be taking this vehicle back to where it was purchased. I would inform them that you will not retake this vehicle back until it has been repaired and confirmed repaired. Uh, a possibility may be the vehicle's been in an accident in some case that was not reported on Carfax or has been in a flood or something like that that's not been reported to Carfax. But this sounds like a very scary situation simply because you've got electrical gremlins going on here that could put you in a very dangerous situation. Well, Rick, she could have somebody look at her car independently of this dealer, and, and a qualified individual could tell her if the car had been in a flood, I would think. Yeah, I would definitely have it inspected outside if you can, um, preferably by another Ford dealership because they, yeah. they know what they're going to look for. And at the very minimum, I would start in contacting factory representatives and say, hey, you know, please help me. I've got a bad situation here, and this is one of those cases where that polite persistence will pay off. Just don't what, take no for an answer, but just keep being nice. What year car is keep working up. She said it's a 2017. Oh, 2017, okay. Yeah, so with only 37,000 miles. So yeah, yeah. I, I would be talking to the factory and saying, hey, please help me because they need to be stepping up and really making sure they find this problem because this is safety-related at this point. Right, right. I got this. Well, okay, listen. well, thank you. I was advised to call into your show, and um, I guess it, it helped me. So thank you very much. Well, keep us Karen, posted, Karen, and let us know how it works out. Call us next week and see if it was resolved. We hope so. If not, we can maybe give you some more help. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Give us a call toll free. Yeah, thank you. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 we're going to go straight to john who's calling us from palm city good morning john john from good morning. Palm city hey good john. morning good morning yes i have a i have the copy from hometown news and it's specifically about i mentioned now you mentioned it there it's the florida statue of 501 Point nine seven six parenthesis sixteen. Yes. And I hope it reaches the right party. We know the new attorney general is a very aggressive <clears throat> and let's hoping that will go, you know, and further uh, information to her. But what I want to ask you, and also in hometown news and other newspapers, I usually read the legal notices. And many times in the legal notices it's a towing company and it's printed like two, three weeks ahead. 
and it talks about the cars with the serial number, and it specifically says no title issued. What in the world good is it for somebody to bid on a car like that and they don't get a title? It would probably be strictly for parts. Isn't there a way that those towing companies or any repair shop can put a mechanic's lien on a car and get the title? Is it so difficult if I bring my car in like a transmission place and it's a $5,000 bill and I don't pay them and it sits there for months? Aren't they entitled to get a mechanic's lien and get the full title on a car? Can you uh, inform me more about that? I'll give you, for instance, the outfit that picks up scrap cars from dealers and body shops, which is a publicly traded corporation, which is, everyone knows who they are, they're Copart, C-O-P-A-R-T. Over 5 million cars per year are scrapped, many of them total salvage. Uh, Copart also has a website. You can buy their cars. They have 165 junkyards in the USA, 205 auction facilities, and you look them up on a computer and you can bid on them. Uh, Many of them, though, are total wrecks, but with every car you get a full title. Can you tell me, uh, Earl, how difficult it is for these uh, so-called, well, not Copart because they have the titles, Mm -hmm. but when you see a legal notice and it says no title issue, is it so difficult in the state of Florida for a uh, towing company or repair shop to put a mechanics lien on a car? Uh, Stu has an answer, I think. Well, you, you, I mean, a, um, a tow, you know, tow company that you can sell a car without a, a title, and generally it would be just for parts. But um, I can't answer how difficult it is. I imagine there's a certain amount of red tape you got to go through in Florida, but you can't apply for a new title for a titleless car. Um, you'd probably have to furnish a, a bill of sale. Um, but then you gotta also be really careful because you're exposing yourself. I mean, the car could be stolen. There's there's lots of risk with that. I think it's probably not worth the effort to get a car. Um, they're probably pretty cheap because they're they don't have titles. I'd say probably most valuable, you know, useful for parts. Well, John, we'll get we'll get an answer for you. I, uh, there's one person in my organization that can answer it. Her name is Janet Guest, and uh, she's. Uh, um, um, been in the. She's probably most, knows more about title work than any person in the state of Florida, and that's a complex question. But we'll get you an answer. I don't have it right now, and I don't think we can even Google that. But Janet Guest will know the answer. We'll even text her now. We might be able to get an answer during the show. If we do, we'll announce it. Okay. Well, I was just curious because yeah. basically, what the heck good is a car without a title? I wouldn't trust it. I understand. That's a, good, a great you know, question. How it was picked up, or, you know, there's got to be a way. I would say there's got to be a way to get a title, but it's probably so cumbersome and complex and uh, time-consuming that people don't go to the trouble to do it. But usually, there's always a way to do something, except nobody knows how to do it. And you brought that to light, and now we're going to come up with an answer. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And uh, Karen, if you're still listening, if you were a first-time caller, text me your contact information at 772-497-6530. And uh, I want to thank all you ladies for opening the show. Uh, It was uh, a great feeling. I'd like to feel that every Saturday. And to the ladies that are listening right now, give us a call. It's not too late. And uh, share your information. You know, um, I was talking to Earl this morning about the automotive news and how things have changed. Um, they they really have changed. You see more women in the automotive news, and uh, it, as uh, general managers, um, 
and uh, also this news uh, recently about the uh, mock uh, the mock E is that what it was called that uh, Ford will debut uh, in 2020. Yeah, Ford's uh, all electric car. Oh yeah, all electric, and you know that there were a third uh, of of the women who were responsible for the technology uh, to put that whole thing together. So uh, we're really turning a corner here for the women, and here at Earl Stewart on Cars. We are building a platform. So, ladies, I'm taking a moment to thank all of you. And okay. uh, I know definitely that Stu is ready and willing and able. Every Saturday morning we get here, we got a backlog of uh, comments and questions on your anonymous feedback and also the text line, 772-497-6530. Uh, we'll start with the anonymous feedback. Um, Earl, I went online to Google and checked out the new H. Gregg store. As of 7.30 a.m. on Sunday, they have 34 five-star reviews, in quotes. <laughs> no review is specific enough for me to believe that these are real reviews. In regards to the rigorous inspection, this is done post-purchase, yes? If so, then there's a chance that a rigorous inspection could, fall, could fail a car, and H. Gregg would be forced to sell that car to another used car dealer or send it to the scrapyard. Uh, now, what are the odds that H. Gregg would do that? They get the cars, they inspect these cars themselves, which means nothing. If H. Gregg would employ a third party to inspect these cars, then you could trust that company's inspection report. Slightly related is the Motor Trend quote-unquote certification. A dealer can establish themselves as a Motor Trend certified used car dealer, but the used cars are not inspected by Motor Trend. They're just inspected by the dealer's entry-level technician. Motor Trend is a trusted name and it is a selling tool. Motor Trend does not see the car. The so-called inspections are worthless, self-certification is a joke, and needs to be backed by a third party. Who is that third party? Your trusted mechanic. Take that used car on a test drive to your mechanic for a $120 inspection. If the dealer won't let you, then walk away. Well, that's mostly good advice. I, the uh, Motor Trend, I would take exception to. Motor Trend and Car and Driver uh, and Hot Rod and all the other car buff magazines uh, take a lot of advertising from the manufacturers. And if you advertise heavily in Motor Trend magazine, there's a good chance that one of your cars will be the Motor Trend Car of the Year. Uh, my only source for objective, totally transparent, honest evaluation of automobiles is consumer reports, not Motor Trend. As far as the uh, Google reviews, you know, Google is the most um, reliable source of reviews, but you can sure fool everybody, and the hackers and the and the scam artists are finding a way to uh, to uh, hack everybody. Uh, when I'm looking for a product, I usually trust a Google review. What I do is I try to ignore the five stars and the one stars and look at the three star reviews. Stu advised me to do that, and it's true because. Nobody's perfect. A five-star doesn't make sense. And nobody's, well, I won't say nobody's terrible. There's sometimes they are a one-star. But emotionally, people will do a one-star. The three-star people are not totally satisfied, but they're being objective. And they usually give you some specifics and names and so on and so forth. So Google's pretty informative. I don't know how H. Craig got 32 uh, Google reviews in one day, but my guess would he probably had... Uh, H. Craig probably asked all of his employees to do it. Well, there's a lot of companies out there that um, offer reputation management to car dealers. Yeah. And they have computer programs that will send out requests to their customers to fill out reviews. Uh, in full disclosure, we use that. Um, but like you said, um, you have to read all the reviews and actually read what they're saying. I, I'll believe a five-star review 
if I read it and it seems pretty intricate, they tell yeah. a great story of some exceptional thing that hap- happened, that's great. But most of them, especially just stars or great service, uh, I don't buy. But I also look at the one-star reviews, too, because you might see something that's – got to look at them all and kind of make a decision yeah. on it. But you, can't you know, Amazon it. got in a lot of trouble recently, and I, you know, Amazon's my hero. Uh, Amazon verifies the purchase of the, of the product, and – uh, it's one of the few places you can go and really get. When I sort, when I buy a product, I sort from four stars and up, and then I read the reviews. But it was just out in the uh, news press. Amazon got slammed because they were uh, phonying reviews. And uh, if you read the reviews, you have to kind of study them. If they're too simplistic, uh, they're kind of obvious that somebody's being paid to say, yeah. I like this company very much. And then the guy says it six more times. Yeah. The other thing is to look at disparity between different re- review sites. You might see a guy with great Google reviews and like one star Yelp yeah. reviews. So just gotta gotta make sure. Okay. All right. The next one. Hello, Earl and Stu. I have a question about a new about new 2018 cars being advertised right now. I see some Kia and Mitsubishi dealerships selling and advertising new 2018 cars. Why would they keep 2018 model year new cars in the lot and not offer a deep discount uh, a year ago to move them off the lot? Uh, related to this question, Rick, if the 2018 new car sits on a dealer's lot for two years without an oil change, could that affect the reliability or warranty of the car, which happens to be two years old? P.S. Love the show. Specifics below, and they send a link. Well, it probably wouldn't affect the warranty. It should, but it probably wouldn't. Uh, they'd be too embarrassed to say that a man bought the car uh, 2018 that sat on the lot for two years with one of their dealers and the dealer didn't change yeah. the oil but it's a good I wouldn't buy the car because you don't want to buy a yeah. car that sat for two for two years yeah. and they obviously didn't do a very good marketing merchandising job and the car isn't too popular and there may be a reason why the car didn't sell uh, maybe it was ugly or maybe it had some problems uh, stay away from those kind of bargains if you've got a two year old car there's too many other good bargains out there to even worry about buying it. Yeah, for, you know, addressing the first part of the question, um, it could be the model itself, but generally it's an indication of just of poor management at the dealership. Yeah. There's, there's no reason two years later that new cars should still be there. Um, like you said, a, a car could be hidden on the back lot, nobody's paying attention to it, and that could indicate all sorts of other problems you might run to at that dealership. And the car might have a lot of miles on it. You know, a new car can have 20,000 miles on it. Uh, Florida law, and I guess a lot of state law, is absurd. All a new car means is it's never been titled. You can drive that car, put 300,000 miles on it, uh, roll it over, wreck it, and scratch it, and uh, do everything else to it. But in Florida, it's still a new car, and you can advertise it as a new car. It's absolutely stupid the way the law's written. That is absolutely true. Uh, Next one is a question. It's a link to a um, Mitsubishi ad at Miami Lakes Auto Mall, and the question is, is this an ain't gonna happen dot com situation? <laughs> and so uh, I won't read the whole ad, but basically it's a it's a new twenty eighteen Mitsubishi Eclipse. Hey, there you go, a new twenty eighteen car right there. Yeah. Um, MSRP twenty four six forty five. Sale price eighteen nine ninety eight. You save five thousand six forty seven. Um, is it? I mean, it could be. Um, here's what's going to happen for sure. This should be is it's going to happen. They're going to add a lot of hidden fees to oh, that yeah. price. So oh, yeah. the discount's not going to be quite as good. Um, I would guess, and I don't know for sure on a on a twenty new twenty eighteen Mitsubishi, which by the way are not exactly selling like hotcakes these days. Um, 
there could be a, a large factor rebates on those things. Uh, they could be getting help from the manufacturer. It's probably, it's probably bait and switch. Yeah. You know, when a car dealer really wants to sell a Bow Wow, a real dog of a car, something that has it you accidentally ordered, you know, it's got purple interior and a green exterior. And You're going back uh, to the 70s. It's a stick shift. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, occasionally dealers just make big mistakes. And there's a, they get, cars get shop-worn. They get dealer-traded from dealer to dealer. Lot rot. And then, and, you know, we call it lot rod. It just sat there. The tires are square. So what they do with these cars sometimes is is they t- give the salesperson what we call a flat commission. A typical sales commission in South Florida would be about $200, maybe 250 So they'll say, if you sell this real dog, we'll pay you $1,000. So you come in on a normal car, and then with some smoke and mirrors and a little flim flam, you drive out on the dog, and the salesman pockets a $1,000 commission. You'd be very careful of that. That's true. Uh, this one's going to make me laugh. Good morning, Earl and Stu. Just FYI, West Park, Florida is a tiny little town that is mostly industrial <laughs> with a couple of houses and a few other, a few dozen trailer yeah, parks. I said, where's West Park? And, yeah. yeah. I said I thought it was in Illinois. Uh, anyway, a couple of houses, a few dozen trailer parks. They're located in Broward County, just north of Dade County jurisdiction, east of 441. They were infamous in the 1980s for being totally corrupt and having a helicopter on their police department even though they had like six police officers. <laughs> right. Their police department was taken over. This guy really hates West Park. Chief says, I want a helicopter. <laughs> right. right. Give, me a, give me one of them helicopters. There and there. Yeah. All right. That's going back to the 70s. Yeah. Uh, their police department was taken over by Broward County Sheriff's Department uh, decades ago. Uh, the city itself is full of head shops, strip clubs, and warehouses mostly. I would not let my dog. My kind of town. <laughs> right. West Park. <laughs> he says, "My, I would not let my dog live in that town. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's terrible. I mean, we're, are we going to get some bad feedback from West Park? <laughs> we're going to have a whole, like, uh, West Park, like, uh, oh, that's a- <laughs> me, yeah. the town council is going to sue us. All well, right, the, um, the good news is that you don't know where West Park is, so it shouldn't concern you. Yeah, they're right. The, the, the officials in, uh, in, in West Park. Po- Don't there, worry. There could possibly be a uh, coup d'état. So be very careful. <laughs> there was back in this a couple of decades when the Broward County took over. So, all right. Uh, okay. Hello, Earl. I'm the. This is another anonymous uh, feedback comment. Hello, Earl. I'm the Toyota of Hollywood buyer you spoke about last week. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to add two things. First, is before I even went to the dealership, I made an appointment with the salesman. A few days later, I had an appointment setter, and that was in quotes, from the dealership call me to confirm I was coming into the dealership. Mm-hmm. I told the appointment setter I was coming in to buy a car if the salesman gave me the very best deal in the area and that I'm aware of all the rebates Toyota, Hyundai, and Honda were offering. I also told him that if I walked out without buying a car, that was because the Toyota salesman didn't give me the very best deal. Mm-hmm. The appointment setter responded, Oh, you're going to get the very best deal. Mm-hmm. Now we have a little laughy face emoji in there. <laughs> Second thing I wanted to add that as add is that we knew what we wanted, but were able to be a little bit flexible, like with color and availability. We we're open to consider anything but red in that loud Toyota blue. I like that blue. Rick's truck is that blue. If I wasn't sure what I wanted, I wouldn't have been so blatant with my intentions to either the sales salesman or appointment center. 
And I just think that's, you know, great comments. I mean, you went yeah. in there prepared and you let them know yeah. what your conditions were. Now, to our listeners who weren't um, familiar with that particular inquiry, we did Mystery Shop uh, Toyota of Hollywood, the largest Toyota dealership, or second largest in, in the United States. Uh, they're huge. They sell over a thousand cars a month. And uh, it's just gigantic. Uh, they do a lot of uh, very aggressive advertising. And full disclosure, Stu and I are friends with the owner and uh, Craig Zinn. And uh, uh, extremely successful in, in that area. Uh, we don't like the way they advertise new cars when they really use cars. Uh, it's done uh, legally, uh, but uh, it's it's borderline ethical. And um but that's full disclosure. Uh, the point I think I'm making now is that even in a in a large dealership that has a lot of aggressive sales tactics, if you go in there pre-warned, forearmed, and ready to deal, and they know that you're an intelligent consumer, uh, as this gentleman who Texas is, anonymous feedback. Uh, and you let them know that you're not going to roll over and let them take advantage of it. You can get a good deal. And uh, I think this guy uh, probably got a good deal. Yeah. Let's switch over to Facebook real quick on our live Facebook feed. It's on Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Mm-hmm. You can see what we look like if you tune in. Uh, from Steve, he says, in the old days, cars were sold with uh, 36-month loans, after which your car is ready to be replaced. How long is the useful life of a typical car today? Long time. I, I don't think we know. I, I think uh, I think that a well cared for. And I'm going to get the expert over here, Rick. I'd say you can you can keep a car for ten years and, and with a half a million miles if you take care of it. If you buy a 2020 today, that you can drive that until 2030 if you take care of it. You're a lightweight. Uh, <laughs> reason I defer to the expert. I bought my 97 Tacoma pickup, brand new. I drove 270,000 miles, 17 years in that truck. Wow. I finally decided I wanted a new one because I wanted all the new toys and features. Mm-hmm. And I sold my truck to a guy. It took me 48 hours to sell it. And he came back to me about a week and a half, two weeks later and he said he felt like he could get in that truck and drive it to Alaska and back without a problem. Yeah, that's true. And, and what year truck was that? That's that was a 97. Yeah, see, so they, even back then they were reliable. Yeah. Today, today they're even more reliable. Here's a problem uh, on that question. It isn't a question of how long a car will last because you want a car that's safe. And safe is a relative term. You know, when you, when you bought a new car uh, in, in 1955, that was a safe car. You probably picked a safe car by 1955 standards. But by 2020 standards, that 1955 a was a death trap. trap. <laughs> so if you buy a 2015 car today, you have an obsolete car in terms of safety. So you buy cars today not because they're going to wear out. They won't. I mean, they'll last you know, longer than you will maybe. But what will happen is, relatively speaking, they won't be safe. They won't be as comfortable even. There are a lot of things. Uh, cars are improving at warp speed today. So you buy a car, a new car, because you can and you want to because it's a much pleasurable, more pleasurable, and a much safer driving experience. My vehicle right now is a six-year-old Tacoma with 110,000 miles. Yeah. And I figure I'll probably get something new in about another 120 130,000 miles on it but your truck that you have 
is not as safe as the new drugs. Not quite, no. Yeah. But uh, but I I'm one of those that I know I will run it till the wheels fall off. Nothing but, wrong with uh, that. But Nothing. they'll just keep going. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And we have uh, Howard on the line from Jupiter. Good morning, Howard. Yo, Howard. Good morning. Happy holidays to all of you. Thank you. Hey, Howard. Thank you. Okay, here's the story. I, I was a um, secret shopper myself. Ooh. What happened is that uh, my friend, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, he had to turn in his lease car. And uh, when he did that, over the phone, they gave him a price of $57,000. It was a um, three-year-old Mercedes. Uh, so he said, uh, he said, he called me up because he knows I'm... Uh, you know, interested in cars. He knows I call your show. Mm-hmm. He says, you think that's a good price? So we we looked at the internet, and it was a great price. So we went down. Uh, he drove his car. Um, I think it was Brayman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sitting around, and then he saw the salesman, and I, I didn't want to be up front with him, so I was sitting a little bit away from him. So uh, he says, okay, I, I think I want to buy the car at this price that you gave me, $57,000. So uh, then all of a sudden I saw they starting arguing with the guy, and, uh, and my friend is a little older than I, he's, he's, he's 90. I'm pretty close, but uh, anyway, I say he's my older friend. Uh, so I saw he was getting agitated, so I, I, I went over to the, the salesman, uh, or whatever he is, uh, he was office, one of the officers, I guess, mm-hmm. this guy, I said, what's the problem? He says, he wants to charge me th- uh, $995 uh, <laughs> yeah. more, you know, for you know, a dealer fee. So I, I said to the guy, I said, well, you told him on the phone it's $57,000. So then he said to, to me, uh, yeah, but it's a dealer fee, you know. It's, I said, what do you mean a dealer fee? Uh, you, you gave him a price over the phone. He says, uh uh, we charge a dealer fee. I said, well, you gave him a price over the phone. Can you make an exception for him? He says, if I make an exception for him, I have <laughs> to make go. an exception <laughs> for everybody. I, I think that's a, uh, that's the mantra. Throughout yeah. The whole, uh, yeah. yeah, it's training So right then there. I said to him, you know, your legal fee is illegal. Your, uh, <laughs> your, your fee is illegal. He says, what are you talking about? I said, uh, you can't just, you know. So anyway, started negotiating, negotiating. Started negotiating down from the dealer fee, and then finally I, I, I called my friend aside. I said, "Look, what are you dealing with these guys? Uh, this is not an infomercial again." I said, "We went to Toyota. Why don't you lease the car from Toyota?" So he said, "Okay." He he left. He gave the car in, and uh, his wife went to Toyota, and she leased the car for three years. And guess which Toyota it was? Avalon. I, I know. Earl Stewart. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thanks for the plug, Howard. You know, on this uh, on this dealer fee thing, it's interesting. I got a call uh, day before yesterday. Uh, Nancy was in the car from a lawyer in Chicago, and he's representing a bunch of insurance companies. And the insurance companies are raising hell because uh, the people that they wreck the car, and it's a total, and the insurance company uh, uh, says you can replace the car. Uh, for this much money, 
And so they find a dealer, and they have the car that the insurance company's replacing. And then the dealer adds a $995 dealer fee. And uh, and the this particular person is representing insurance companies because they don't want to pay the dealer fee. And he called me because he Googled dealer fees, and I popped up, and he says... He says, there, you don't say, you're not telling me, Earl, that all the dealers charge a dealer fee. I said, I'm telling you, all the dealers charge a dealer fee except for me. I mean, I, and I told this lawyer that. So this is what happens with the lease companies, too. You're absolutely right, Howard. The leasing company, probably uh, Mercedes Leasing, uh, contractually obligated to give your friend this car, sell your friend this car for $57,000. A contract option to purchase for the residual value, 57000 And then they're allowing Brayman to gouge the poor buyer who has a contractual right to buy it for 57000 Now they want him to pay 58000 And that is just absolutely terrible. Absolutely. I, well, thanks very much for sharing that with us. I don't know why, I don't know why uh, Florida doesn't uh, pursue this, uh, you know. Well, it, is it a political thing? Or it's a class. It, it, yeah, it's a political thing. The Florida Automobile Dealers Association, the National Automobile Dealers Association, all dealers uh, and dealers have got a lot of money, and they and they and they have a lot of PACs, political action committees, and they support a lot of candidates. And if you take the 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 treasury of the dealer associations and add it to the dealers themselves. They are powerful. They elect the attorney general. Uh, they elect the senators. They elect the representatives. And our legislature, you know, if you don't, it's kind of like NRA. If you if you bump if you buck NRA, you're not going to get reelected. If you buck the car dealers and the associations, you're not going to get reelected. So it's politics, and it's a, it's a terrible thing. Uh, if there's a lawyer listening out there, this is a perfect class action suit. It should be sued on the class would be car buyers of Florida, and the car buyers of Florida should should do class action on the dealers that are charging dealer fees, and uh, it would be a huge, uh, be a huge amount of recovery. Can you imagine recovering the hidden fees on every car purchase on behalf of the consumers? It'd be a huge recovery. And that's what you lawyers out there ought to look at. Uh, you ought to be drooling on that one. It would be in the, I'm going to say, billions of dollars. Okay, I got one other hint, for, uh, a little uh, tidbit that I want to throw in uh, yeah. about uh, tires and tire pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, you notice that the temperature is going, going down at night, 10 degrees or more, yeah. and it goes up. You lose one pound. Rick, uh, see if, I'm, uh, if this is correct. You lose one pound of air. At every ten pound, uh, every ten degree drop, is that correct, Rick? Yeah, it's it's approximately correct. I mean, it, it'll okay. vary across the, the nation, you know, different different climates and that. But yeah, that's that's a pretty good thumbnail to go by. But when the uh, temperature goes up, you don't gain that uh, loss, correct? Uh, actually, as temperatures go up, pressures will increase a little bit. I mean, it's it's basic physics. That's Avogadro's law. Yeah, but not enough to, not enough to uh, yeah, yeah, but you still lose you you're losing uh, air pressure. So m my suggestion is uh, the next month or so check your air, air, your air pressure because it's going to be less than uh, you know in, in the warmer weather. And uh, don't put nitrogen in because there that's you. a joke. 
right? And uh, what, what I do, you know, but uh, I don't know how long I could do this. I have a little compressor in the back of my car. And uh, uh, this time, you know, a year, you know, when it gets cold, mm-hmm. I check my tires. Uh, and uh, I check my tires on the uh, dashboard when, you know, I'm, dri- I'm driving. And then uh, I notice that it, it drops and I put a little more air pressure in. Now, how accurate is that uh, gauge uh, on, on your dashboard? As far as uh, is it as accurate as the uh, tool that you put in to check the tire pressure? Believe it or not, those things are incredibly accurate, mm-hmm. down to a tenth of a psi. Yeah, very, yeah. very good. And you know wow. what? The new ones uh, will actually tell you, like through the app, and I get really excited about technology things. Uh-huh. They'll tell you in each tire the exact pressure uh, pounds per square inch oh, in each cool. tire. I didn't know. That. And Fabulous. The, and it will also tell you the temperature. Yep. And the one thing not to forget. Don't forget the spare. Check your spare tire pressure mm-hmm. because most people never check it. Yep. And I guarantee you, 90% of the cars driving around on the road today, their spare tire has maybe about 10 pounds of air in it. That can okay, be Rick, dangerous. one other question before I leave you. One, uh, some cars don't have a spare. They have a little gizmo that you uh, fill, you know, if you have a, uh, a flat uh, yeah, the, the fix a flat uh, stuff. They is that a joke? Does that really work? For me personally, if I had a car that was set up to use that stuff, I would not use it. Last, I would call a tow truck. Yeah, last resort. Yeah. Simply because of the idea that I, I would prefer to use a small compressor and fill the tire back up and try to get somewhere to get that tire repaired or replaced. Yeah. Yeah. Simply because of one major factor. Anytime that you use a fix-a-flat type chemical, it's going to destroy the tire pressure sensor, and it's going to cost you another couple hundred bucks. No, yeah. that's true. I didn't and you, uh, that. Howard, you know what? Uh, back in the uh, day, uh, fix-a-flat, I wouldn't be without it. Uh, and uh, I, I was a little reluctant then to use it. Yeah. But like Rick said about the de- deterioration that takes place, you know, uh, I think I'd uh, explore my other options. But uh, back to you uh, talking about whether your tire is cold uh, or not in the uh, temperature out there. Boy, I'll tell you what, that PSI, real important all year round. It affects everything. The amount of gas that you eat up. Uh, the wear and tear on your tires. So uh, I'm a stickler for that. Back to Rick. And Rick, yeah. Rick, you told me that uh, I should put in like five more pounds uh, you know, of air over the recommended uh, tire pressure. You said it doesn't do any any harm if you add like five more pounds. I, I believe you get uh, better gas mileage. Is that correct? Yes, but I also say do not exceed the maximum safe pressure that is listed on the sidewall of the tire. I've got a question on that. Uh, wh- have you ever seen a tire explode because it had too much air in it? Only on the internet. What, uh, would, ha- what would happen? <laughs> what would happen uh, uh, if you have a tire when, and the uh, and the higher pressure was uh, uh, thirty five pounds, forty pounds, forty pounds, and you put in fifty pounds? What would happen? A lot of center wear. <laughs> Odds are, it would just wear the center of your tire. But you're taking actually, at that point, because you've got a a much harder pressure in the tire, you're taking a little bit bigger chance that when you're out on these wonderful South Florida roads Mm -hmm. and you hit a pothole, 
it could not only blow, blow the tire, oh, okay. but because it doesn't have that extra sponginess to and it, you might not know it why it went the off wheel. if you didn't yeah, know yeah. you had too much air. You just know you had a blow, you know, a blowout. That's right. all you know. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thanks, Howard. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, really Howard. Informative Give Thank us you. a call again. I'm really 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget youranonymousfeedback.com. I believe that Stu still has some backed up, and then I have two. I got but a, before that, I have an epiphany. You have an epiphany. Yes, I, I have these things that come to me. Every now and then, yeah, I just I'm very uh, aware of these new, epiphanies. Here's a here's a new here's a new product. Uh, it's a compressor. That's what Howard mentioned the compressor. It's a compressor that we sell. We'll get a Amazon store and we'll sell this. And this compressor will pump nitrogen into your tires for all the suckers out there okay. that are buying <laughs> nitrogen from the car dealers. And in the fine print on the compressor, it will say 78% nitrogen. And all you have to do is plug it in and you put it on the tire and it pumps nitrogen and it's true. It, it does. It right out Guaranteed seventy-eight percent right. nitrogen, and go. we'll charge. Uh, how, I bet we could probably get fifty-nine ninety-five for each one of those compressors. It's true. I it's think true. you can get more than that. It takes it right out of the atmosphere and puts it in your yeah. tire. Tire yeah, nitrogen. Yeah. All right. Now, why wait? Don't don't pay your car dealer. Buy it from Acme Compressor Company. I, got, I know a guy in Indiana who could who could put Win-win. that company together for okay. us. I really appreciate Howard uh, calling with the comments about the air pressure. Uh, because that's going to save us a lot of phone calls tomorrow morning when everybody calls with their tire pressure lights on. So uh, yes, exactly. Just give give it a little time. Let the, let it heat up a little bit. Okay, uh, anonymous feedback. Good morning, Earl and Stu. I have a question about your dealership and the Costco car buying program. With your prices posted as your lowest price, is the price still lower if someone went through Costco to buy the car? Could a person get a cheaper price going through Costco than if someone walked in and got the lowest price posted on the window sticker? Additionally, if someone bought a car while Toyota was offering big manufacturer rebates, would your dealership then have to offer the same discounted price through the Costco program, even if the manufacturer's rebate was no longer available? Thus, you could buy a Toyota through Costco as cheap as a previously purchased Toyota from your walk-in client who purchased during a manufacturer's rebate period which is no longer in effect i would like to feel this one please do because i want to make it quick because we don't want to advertise our dealership Absolutely. Um, um, unfortunately yes and i say unfortunately because we are a one price dealership and we want to have to honor that to everybody but the costco auto buying program requires us to offer a lower price so we do follow the rules of the costco program so yes if you're a costco member you go to costcoauto.com it'll be a lower price Regarding the rebates, uh, the rebates um, are applied to the Costco price like any other price. Um, by, it, by law, by yeah. the Costco contract, yes. Yeah, and, but if the rebates are no longer available, uh, nobody gets the rebate, whether you're through Costco or buying through this traditional um, process. And just to make a point on the Costco auto buying program, first of all, you have to understand it is not Costco uh, that it's a separate company, um, separately owned, operated, and management manage costco has uh sublets their costco auto buying program it bothers me a little bit that they identify so strongly with costco but costco does endorse it and costco recommends it but it is not costco uh, and the other thing about the costco auto buying program is it is um 
not administered as strictly as it should be. Now, I'm speaking about the auto buying program that I recommend. So I'm just being critical of a program I recommend because nothing is perfect. The Costco auto buying program uh, is requires a dealer to sell you a car at the lower price, not the low, lowest price, a lower price than you sell that exact car to anybody for. So what Costco auto buying, auto buying program doesn't understand, or Costco obviously doesn't understand, that is a losing sale for the dealer. Uh, if you have to sell a car, car dealers do not make a whole lot of money just selling new cars. They make their money by adding on accessories and hidden fees and um, uh, financing. But in terms of the new car department, every time you sell a car by Costco price, in terms of net profit, you're losing money. Now, it's good for you, the buyer, but it also makes it difficult to buy the car, and you have to dot your I's, cross your T's, and be very careful when you go into a dealer who is part of the Costco Auto Buying Program, because he'll do everything in his power to raise the price. But if you stick to the rules, go online, you can get a whopper of a deal. That is correct. This is the best anonymous uh, email we've ever gotten. I have heard that any new unsold previous year models, i.e. the 2019, will be removed from dealerships and sent to an abandoned airport in the desert. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> well, we've, we've heard about that too. We can't confirm or deny this. <laughs> you know, it, it, uh, this, I had a little flashback in my many, many, many years in this business as uh, we used to get uh, a lot of car, a lot more cars, uh, Toyotas from Japan, and they come across in the container ships, or is that what they call them? Container ships. Yeah. And we had a situation where there was a hurricane and all the cars, uh, uh, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them got rattled around in salt water, and it was really a mess. And they had to scrap, you know, just send to the junkyard and smash a, f- a thousand cars, some crazy thing. Rick? That'd be fun you, to watch. It, many years ago, when they would send me for training at the actual port in Jacksonville, yeah. they let us drive down where the big ship was offloading the cars. Yeah. And they had a line of cars where a ship in a storm, one car broke loose from its tie-down straps, <laughs> and they said it tumbled around in the hold so much that it, it took out like 40 cars, <laughs> and all these cars were lined up, and they were just smashed was there to a, pieces. Was there a video of that, like a security? Oh, I wish there was, <sighs> but it, it was it was horrifying to see all these cars lined up. Yeah. But oh, it, they man. said it just it just tumbled and bounced around in that ship. <laughs> Why do we like destruction so much? I don't know, because we're boys. Well, some of us are. Uh, well, I was going to comment on that. I think that I would probably enjoy watching uh, heart surgery or something like that rather than the demolition of all, all those vehicles well you do watch you, stimulate you, you watch surgery videos i've heard i heard about what you do by the way earl uh carmen green says i'll buy that air pump if it's 98 percent hydrogen 21 percent oxygen and trace amounts of proprietary glasses (laughs) we've got carmen green Green on youtube already ready to buy that that's a deluxe model and that's two thousand dollars but (laughs) but uh i i go for the one for 29.95 that gives you 78 percent nitrogen i'm glad the the physicists are listening (laughs) and i I do flashback you know rick and i were in in an ap physics class together so we we know a little bit about these things a little bit yeah (laughs) okay I think Nancy's got something. I do. Yeah. I have, uh, I have a text message from Carmela from Pittsburgh. 
Oh, Carmela. What a beautiful You name. get a lot of texts from Pittsburgh. Mamma Mia. She's a Pittsburgh gal. Uh, Carmela wants to know uh, how she can get the best deal on a car loan. And uh, from my experience, Carmela, I can tell you that, uh, you know, you, ne- you really need to secure um, multiple lenders and uh, take a look around and take a look at your local bank Uh, uh, some of your uh, credit unions uh, you really got to do some research uh, to save some money on that and uh, I'll let Earl take over and he can add some uh, points no yeah you answered it exactly correctly competition is the way to get the lowest interest rate the lowest car price the lowest uh, price for uh, a bag of strawberries I mean uh, whatever you buy competition is your friend and if you go to two banks you'll get a good, better price and if you go to one bank. And if you go to five banks, you get a better price if you go to two banks. I have, I have excellent advice to add to that, and that is there is a common misperception out there that if you submit a, a credit application to multiple dealers, um, that it's going to hurt your credit score. That is not true. Um, in a reasonable period of time, I think it's just within uh, 30, 60 days, for a, for a similar purchase, you're entitled to go out there and get the best deal. Your, your score will not be impacted at all. Some salespeople will tell you that it will. As a matter of fact, they'll warn you down. I don't go in any other dealerships. They run your credit. It's going to kill your credit score. That's not true. They're either so lying on certain, purpose or yeah, because or, they're stupid. Or, or misinformed. Yeah. Yeah. So within so. a certain time frame. Yeah, and I, I, I do. I think it's longer than thirty days. I honestly do. I think it's yeah. uh, it doesn't does not hurt your score. Now, if you start applying for credit cards and uh, yeah. Amazon and this and that, the, they, the creditors will think that you're about to go insane on a spending spree, and it might hurt your score. But if it, you're shopping for a car or a house or whatever, it, you're, you're it fine. has been known yeah. to happen that it does uh, mistakenly lower your your, your credit score. Well, not, uh, not but not that's few and far between. No, not if you're shopping for a car. If you're if you're you know going to a couple of different dealerships or their dealers sent. Submitting your application to different banks, it's not. It, it won't hurt your credit score. They're aware that see a car you're you're purchasing. Oh sure. Okay, Carmela, stay in touch. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Don't forget, we have that mystery shopping report coming up from Napleton, Palm Beach, Acura. And we got and a whole bunch it, of texts. It's going to be great. Mystery shopping report coming up pretty quick. Yeah, we're, w- about, w- we're about halfway through. <laughs> www your anonymous feedback take advantage of it now back to Stu. a similar question this comes on your anonymous feedback.com rick since it's more common now for people to keep cars 10 years or longer is it it harder to work on those cars when they come in for example finding parts repair manuals etc uh it can get a little tougher but the biggest issue we see are like northern cars as they get older rust and corrosion Uh, There's a lot of mechanics that I talk with online from northern states, and they say the blue wrench is their best friend, and that's that oxyacetylene torch. Well, the the question is, (laughs) can we get parts for the 10-year-old cars? Is it harder? Absolutely. Yeah, not a problem. 10-year-old cars, even up to 20 years, is still, because cars are lasting so much longer, and the the parts manufacturers are out there, they're available. 20 years is not a problem to still find parts for most cars. Yeah, I have a 1937 Pontiac on the showroom floor of my dealership, and I had that restored, and they restored that car about, what, 15 years ago? Yeah. And uh, 1937, and every part is original 
Pontiac Park. Yep. So, if, I mean, of course, we paid a lot more than you would normally have to pay, but um, parts are available somewhere, somehow. It's just a question of price sometimes. And, of course, don't forget the idea of junkyards. I know it sounds bad, but there is a company called LKQ, which is like, kind, quality. Yeah, they don't call them junkyards anymore, do they? No, they're salvage yards or uh, recycle centers. Sure. And there are a lot of parts from cars that are recycled and reused, and we we get them all the time. Okay, we got a bunch of text here. Yeah, we do. Um, Earl. (laughs) Uh, a ship filled with cars destined for Australia is infested with stink bugs. Supposedly, the ship is being routed to an alternate destination for a biochemical warfare on these bugs. From the bug standpoint, I'm sure they were hoping from a night for a nice cruise to Australia. I wonder if this sudden change in destination and less than stellar treatment will affect TripAdvisor's ratings for cruising to Australia in the bug sector. You are drunk. I don't know who said that. I have no idea. Man. <laughs> Did you see that one? No, I, I missed that one. <laughs> All know. right. What are trench bugs? Stink bugs. Stink, I don't know. Uh, stink bugs. Yeah, I think I, I think that was a, a late night anonymous feedback. I came at seven thirty. He probably doesn't remember. He sent it. It, it was a long night. It, yeah. it is Saturday morning. Um, it was a long Friday night. Seven thirty-three a.m. Thank you for the interesting for the interesting text. Uh, next. Okay. This. All right. We got some criticism here. Uh, you guys need to do a better job when you get a uh, caller on the radio show. You always have long, uncomfortable moments. As soon as you thank the person for calling, you should you should thank them. Then you should thank them. Then immediately ask them for their questions or comments. Mm-hmm. Not everybody knows how to act when they're on a radio program. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be the pro. Help your callers. I think that's constructive criticism. I, I do too. I agree with you. I feel awkward, and uh, you know we're not professionals. We're oh. uh, we're car guys and gals. And we don't do radio shows as for a living, but maybe we ought to take a, a lesson uh, from some of the pros. Yeah. And you know what I don't like to do is hang up on people and mute people out. That's a little trick that uh, most of the professional talk radio show hosts do. And it sounds smooth. It sounds better for everybody. But some poor guy is uh, still talking, and you put him on mute, and you're talking. And yeah. so we try to. That's rude. Uh, we're maybe we're wrong, but we're trying to be polite to the people and there's a little satellite delay sometimes depending on i don't know what where in the world they are yeah we're in the world they are and so you i I hear it all the time on the cnbc i watch uh cnbc all the time it's always a pause and when they're talking to china hong kong it's always embarrassing and you talk over each other and you know yeah let's look at it this way that's (laughs) real life radio and it's awkward sometimes we're not polished and we have to do the best we can. Yeah. I, I always like that when they're interviewing somebody in China, and they the question's over, and they keep nodding, yeah. and they're listening. So yeah, yeah those um, reviews are really very difficult because of that delay, and it yeah. happens. That's the way it is. Uh, but at any rate, we're going to yeah. go to our next female caller, and her name is Tara from Deerfield Beach. Good morning. Yes, good morning. I would like to know at uh, in a uh, accident. Uh, at what point would I know if I needed to change a car seat? Mercy, are you tuned in here? Uh, I would actually err on the side of caution on that one. A car seat for a baby, if that vehicle was in any sort of collision that could have been enough impact, if I even thought 
there might be the least bit of damage Compromise, to that car yeah. seat, I would replace it. Yeah. I mean, we're talking a, a, a precious life here, and I, I, I wouldn't even take that chance. I, I would replace a car seat if that vehicle's been in any sort of heavy collision And at all. you know, Tara, what I'd also do? I'd ask my insurance yeah. company to cover that because I don't see how you sure. argue against that. Uh, the insurance company say, well, is it broken? Is it cracked? And you can say no, but my child will ride in that, and I don't want to take a chance. If you put an insurance company on the spot, I wouldn't be surprised if they wouldn't cover it. And I would tell them it's been subjected to extremely heavy stress. Mm-hmm. Good and point. leave it go with that. Good point. That's precious cargo oh. you're carrying. Yes, well, thank you very much. Thanks for calling, Tara. You're very welcome. That's a great give question. Us, uh, give us a call again. Mm-hmm. Great question. Yes, of course. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you, Tara. Okay, uh, Stu, yeah. uh, Rick, what's your I got him. I got him lined up. Uh, Jerry Texas and says, last week I bought a 2017 Camry from a Nissan dealer here in Iowa. Uh, the car had only 8,036 8, miles on it. The car was a lease return. I negotiated the whole deal online and went in to test drive the car, and all was well. I paid 17500 plus tax and license only, no fees or add-ons. The car mm. is fantastic. Wow. Thanks for your advice on older videos, um, on your older videos for buying a car online. Wow, I love a success story. Yeah. That is wonderful. Kansas, you know, we do a little research maybe on uh, dealer fees, hidden fees in Canvas. There, there's a um, there's a, a long time ago we had a list of dealer fees, but I, I don't think they do that anymore in the 50 states. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Cam- Kansas was a little bit more honest than a lot of the other states. Yeah, this is Iowa. Iowa, well. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> Don't say that. We have fans in both states. Yeah. Iowa is unique and special in its own way. Whatever. Kansas Iowa is too. amazing. I have friends in Kansas, just outside of Kansas City. Um, all right, this is from Andreas. All right, we're getting goofy here. We're drunk. Just kidding. Uh, Andreas, uh, last week texted us about uh, dredging the bottom of the ocean in search of car dealers' ethics. Um, oh, I like that. He uh, sent us a, and, and I'll, I'll get this to Jonathan. He'll put this on the video later on. So go to YouTube, look for our broadcast today. But he's, he has a picture of a, a dredging barge off the coast of some beach ejecting words such as spot delivery, lease switch, bait and switch, <laughs> 84 months, hidden fees, service plans, nitrogen. And so his comment was, Earl, my team and I have been hard at work searching the ocean for dealer honesty, integrity, and no luck. See for yourself what the depths have spewed forth. It's great. Thanks, Andrea. Andreas, you know what? Um, You have a a future career in graphic design. So and if you're impressing me, it's good. Okay. Um, Good morning. When buying a used car, is the F&I office still a big profit center for a dealer? It is. Is it likely that I could get a lower price on a used car so if I tell them I intend to finance with the dealer and then pay cash after getting the best price? Ooh. Yes, I mean, that's a, uh, that is a great tactic. I mean, talking about fighting fire with fire, uh, dealers being dishonest with you, be a little dishonest with the dealer. I think that's, a, what do they call that, poetic license. You can say, I, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to finance, I am going to finance the car, even though you're going to pay right. cash. And then you can say, well, I changed my mind. Right. But 
the finance department is an opportunity for two or three thousand dollar profit. Uh, the car itself might be only a thousand or two thousand dollar profit. Make twice as much, oftentimes, in the finance department. So, if they think they got a shot at you in the finance department, they're just liable to cut the deal a little thinner because if they don't sell you the car, yep. they can't get you in the finance it's department. Called, it's called yeah. making up for it yeah. in the box. I get so many people say to me, Earl, don't I get a better deal if I pay cash? Totally, nope. counterintuitively, no. When you say, I'm going to pay cash, that dealer knows he's only got one chance to make a profit, and he's going to max it out when he sells you the car. Give him the hope that he can take you into the box, into the finance department, yeah. and make a couple grand. Then say, whoops, yeah. changed my mind. Here's a check. Yeah, that comes from the misperception that the dealer is actually financing the car for you. Like you're getting it in piecemeal. Yeah. It's not. The dealer gets paid in full from the bank. You're paying your payments to the your exactly. going to the bank. The other thing to mention here is uh, the, the texter is referring to a used car. In a new car situation, there are situations where there is a factory rebate that you get for cash, but that goes away yeah. and finance. So in that case, it's a different situation. That's a small percentage of the sales, but it does exist in a factory incentive on interest rates are legit yes and but you might lose a, a cash rebate yes. by going for the special and oftentimes there's confusion about that you get one or the other yeah. uh, but you can't have them both yeah and that was from travis in ohio which is in an inferior state to kansas just like iowa have we kept track of this listen santa cruz california uh, iowa Texas, what did I say? Yeah, uh, Texas. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, this is, a, we're becoming yeah. uh, coast to coast. Well, I, 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 I got you I got you another state here. Uh, seasons greetings, Earl and Company. This is Ben from Pennsylvania. Ooh. And we also had a Pittsburgh texter for Nancy. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, when, I first, when I purchased my first Mazda from a local dealership 15 years ago, they mailed service coupons to me, which I subsequently used. I realized after a few years of using them for service and parts that they are on average 20% more expensive than other dealerships in the area uh, when I don't have coupons to use. Are, are they more expensive because I have been put on their coupon using, uh, on their coupon using customer list, the naughty list, or they just, do they just gouge everyone? Uh, they, they probably gouge everyone. <laughs> That's yeah, they, they should have a menu, and if they don't have the menu, uh, it, you should be able to check. Uh, certainly your fast service, uh, oil change, tire balance, and all that kind of thing uh, should be listed with the prices, and the coupon should come off that price. Uh, if they don't have a published price list, you're in trouble. Yeah, because you, you have no idea what the discount's coming yeah. off of. You have to have a reference yeah. point. Rick, you got somebody on YouTube? I've got a couple of them here that uh, I've, I've answered them online already, but I wanted to bring these out on the air. Uh, Raymond is asking about his 2016 Camry. He says, other than the oil change and tire rotations regularly and faithfully, he says, what can he do to make the car last longer? And it actually ties in with our earlier comments there. Uh, the best thing is follow the factory recommended maintenance, and this is on any car at all, Look for the book or online for the factory recommended maintenance for your car. Mm -hmm. Follow that religiously and basically just drive your car in a, a decent, reasonable manner. Mm -hmm. Keep your tire pressures up. And the best advice that I can give you on that otherwise is pick one brand or one station for fuel and try to stick with that one particularly because if something happens that they have a problem with their fuel, 
because of being a regular customer and showing proof that you buy your fuel there, mm -hmm. they're more likely to stand by it and take care of you if they have an issue and, and fix it for you. Other than that, cars just keep right on going. Well, I, uh, I would add this, although maybe that's not what he was had in mind. Uh, in terms of the resale value of a car, the cosmetics of the car, the looks of the car are very important. And uh, as a car dealer, we take we trade in cars sometimes that were just mind-boggling beautiful, and you get emotional. And if you have a car and you can keep it in the garage and you wash it regularly, you wax it regularly, and you're careful about the interior, maybe even have seat covers, I mean, I don't know. Uh, people can get fanatical about cars. But we've had cars that came in that were so well cared for that we would just get emotional in how much we would allow in terms of trading allowance. And you can get a lot more money from a car dealer by, I recommend this, when you're ready to trade a car uh, or get a bid on a car, get it washed and waxed and detailed. Uh, if you have to spend $200 to get it washed and waxed and detailed, that will pay that and a lot more from the dealer's appraisal. That's Great right. information, that's for sure. Absolutely. A lot of people don't know that. Okay, guys, uh, we're going to go to Ron in Singer Island. Good morning, Ron. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You're quite I welcome. Wanted to, uh, I just wanted to say something in regards to thank you, uh, Michelle, because uh, I, I bought a 2013 Toyota Corolla from a used car local guy. Mm -hmm. And I asked him about the uh, <clears throat> the airbag, the Takata airbag. Mm -hmm. He said, oh, no, no, it's not a problem on this vehicle. And, you know, but I'll tell you, you guys did a really great job. What I did was I took it over to the dealership, and uh, they said, yep, he, I put in the VIN, or they put in the VIN, and came up saying that, you know, it needed to be replaced, which you did, and... and um, very happy about that but i will am going to go back to see this guy just to mention to him that you know i i guess a lot of the used car people don't want to address this issue possibly yeah. or put a put put it like put it throwing a monkey wrench in the situation in the sale so they so anyway i wanted to thank you because listening to the show it really brought this takata airbag i know off and on <clears throat> that comes up and is a big uh, issue and, oh. and also a very dangerous situation. Thank you, Ron. I, that uh, make, makes us feel good because we sometimes think people aren't paying attention. Uh, Nancy just showed me an article that was in the paper, the local paper the other day, U.S. probes for automakers and Takata airbag recall. This was just in yesterday's paper. Every day almost uh, more is popping up about this Takata airbag recall. And uh, part of my uh, letter to the uh, state uh, uh, legislature and to the attorney general and the governor was about this Takata thing. Uh, do something about the Takata. Um, I don't know why used car dealers and new car dealers uh, are not aware. I think sometimes they just haven't they haven't had the uh, ur sense of urgency put in them by their manufacturers and by the media about how dangerous these things are. It takes them, it would take them a half a day to take that Corolla you bought uh, to a Toyota dealer, and the Toyota dealer would gladly fix it because the Toyota dealer gets paid by the manufacturer to fix it and take it back, and right. now you sell a safe car. But instead, of, uh, the, the dealer you bought it from was either 
uninformed or lazy. And that's not a good excuse when that Takata airbag could explode and kill you. And uh, thank you very much for um, uh, calling and making that point on the yeah, air. I just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to thank you because in listening to the show, you know, I probably would not have been aware of yeah. that. Um, maybe would have come up somewhere down the line. You know right. what I'm saying. Well, thanks very much for the call, Ron. Interesting, too, which was interesting when when he said everything's done, they call you, you know, okay, great. And, you, and I said something to the effect, I said, oh, well, you replaced both airbags. And he said, no, no, the problem was just on the passenger side. Mm-hmm. So I guess for that particular year vehicle, uh, the, evidently there's either two different yeah. Type of material or two different uh, two different companies. One the Takata on the passenger side, and, and another manufacturer or on the on the driver side. And that, I was just I did, wasn't aware of that. I thought they were both the same company. You know, well, that's a good question, uh, Ron. And be honest with you, uh, we are as a car dealer, we are in the dark a little bit about who the manufacturers are of these airbags. We up until this thing hit the fan about. Four years ago, uh, nobody had ever heard of Takata, and we didn't know what they mm-hmm. made, and all the manufacturers were handling all this. So it's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of lack of transparency. Uh, we know that Takata airbags have been installed in new cars as recently as two years ago, and we know mm-hmm. that they knew when they installed those that in five years they'd have to recall them. Uh, yeah. in, in this case here with uh, you said this is a 2013 Corolla? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, that That's a, a seven-year-old car. And uh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully the other uh, driver's side airbag is not a defective airbag by Takata. But it seems a little puzzling to me that they would have two different manufacturers' airbags in that two, 2013 Corolla. Uh, not necessarily. Okay, because. Good. I've actually, in, in order for manufacturers to be fair across the board, um, we used to have cars that uh, on a V6 engine, you would have one side would be NGK spark plugs and the other side Nipidenzo spark plugs. Really? I didn't so, know I mean, they, they, will, they will mix up manufacturers yeah. in order to say, okay, we're not monopolizing. Well, but don't, don't you agree uh, that Ron would feel a lot better? If he knew that that airbag on the driver's side was not a Takata, yeah, and we, absolutely, and I don't yeah. think I don't think we can look at it and tell, can we? No, there's we, there's we no way to know who the manufacturer is. Yeah, that, that, I mean, they're never going to do this, but that should be listed on the at least on the card, like let you know what's on the. What, what are you getting? It's like at ingredients. least today, well, it's like yeah. an, an ing- yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's actually yeah, I think that's a great idea. I mean, it's should I, I, I guess uh, not to interrupt, but should I at some point come in and? Like a couple of years, uh, come in and just check, have them run the VIN and, and see if there wasn't a recall on the driver's side, or is? I think what we can, what what I'll try to do, and because of your call, I will try okay. to contact Toyota, and I will ask them oh. why we cannot communicate to the customer to make him feel safe to know that he does not have a Takata airbag. I would feel, and Rick explained it to me, I didn't know the answer. I, 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 it seems silly that we would have two different manufacturers of the exact same part in a, in a car, and Rick explained it to me that that's the way they do it. I'm going to contact Toyota, it, yeah. and I will, I will hopefully have an answer for you by next Saturday.
Okay. Thank yeah, you. The Rick. show's great. It's great, and and this this stuff wouldn't come out unless it was for the show. So. Exactly. Kudos well, thank you, Ron. To everybody there. Appreciate okay? it. Okay. Thank you, Ron. Thanks, Ron. All right. Have a great weekend. Okay. Happy holidays. You too. Happy holidays. Okay. Uh, real quick, uh, I've got a text message from Katie in Sebring, and uh, Rick, you can help me out on this. She asked about the valves on her tires and whether they're just as important to maintain. Uh, before I turn it over to Rick, uh, to my knowledge, they're <clears throat> made of rubber, so they're going to deteriorate uh, over time. So what do you have to say about it, Rick? Well, it used to be that you had rubber valve stems on, on all the tires, and we would recommend replacing them when you were replacing the tires. However, now with most cars, almost all of them having tire pressure sensors, some of those are made of rubber. Some of them are actually a solid plastic and metal mount uh -huh. so there's really it depends on the manufacturer but i don't think there is a maintenance interval planned on any of those anymore and because they're so expensive we generally don't recommend replacing them for that as a maintenance thing okay D, there you go mystery shopping report well we got four we can run through rapid fire on the last four texts if you'd like well why don't we do this let's let's do that right after if we got time that would be sure we got time Mystery Shopping Report of Napleton's Palm Beach Acura. Nothing like a good old Napleton mystery shop. Over the years, Ed Napleton's dealerships have provided our show the greatest variety of car dealer shenanigans. I love that word, shenanigans. I did that for you. Than any other auto group. <laughs> Late last year, we investigated Napleton's Palm Beach Acura for our advertising on 2008 Chrysler 300 with a Takata airbag recall. They got a pass on the Takata test, but they chose to sell the target vehicle at auction for unrelated reasons, uh, we assume, prior to H&X arriving. The car just wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. no car. Bait and switch, it uh, sounds like, but we don't have the proof. The sales experience wasn't too bad. They suggested an alternate car in the same price range. Other than the almost $1,200, and hidden fees, they went pretty easy on the shopper. We put Naples Palm Beach Acura on our recommended list. Uh, of course, that's grading on the curve. Uh, we can't do an absolute grade because there'd be no place to buy cars from in Florida. <laughs> this time, we went in to investigate a new car at. Naples didn't fare as well as the last time. It was in the spring of 2017, and Asian X was treated to a smorgasbord of old school car dealer tactics an addendum, overpriced and unwanted dealer installed accessories. We talked about nitrogen earlier, large hidden fees, high pressure tactics. It wasn't pretty. Um, it was absolutely nasty. This week, we found an ad online for a brand new Acura, ILX, um, yes, Acura is an electric car, mm -hmm. with an eye-catching low payment. $89 a month, $89 a month for a luxury car. Can't go wrong. Man. Can't resist that. And I wonder to myself, who believes I'll take these? three. Who believes? <laughs> you know, it does, it, does it boggle your mind like it does my mind that people actually respond? I got a Rolex here for $100. I don't know. People buy. Sucker born every minute. I don't know. Um, anyway, we'd have a hard time believing that payment, even if the ad was for a Kia, Rio. That's a, about the cheapest car you could buy. Uh, to be fair, the ILX is the least expensive Acura, but still an electric car, and the only one with a starting price below $30,000. That is the ILX. Still, to put things in perspective, a new 
comfortably priced, comparably priced, 2020 Toyota Camry LE will lease for about $200 a month. I won't keep you in suspense, of course. The offer wasn't as great as it appeared to be, and you knew that because we're preaching to the choir here. Our audience is an educated, a group of educated consumers. Uh, and, of course, there was a small matter of the fine print. I like that uh-huh. small matter. Thank you very much. Very good. Uh, Stu is a good writer. Very creative. The details just ruined everything. $3,599 do it signing, fine print. $3,599 do it signing does not include first payment or acquisition fee. Oh, boy. But wait, there's more. Leases plus tax tag title tag, $89 first payment, $595 acquisition fee, $899 dealer fee. One of the few dealers that really calls the dealer fee a dealer fee. I call it a hidden fee. $199 dock processing. Minimum 740 beacon. That's pretty strong. <laughs> Typically you see 720. That, that shrinks the audience a little bit. It does. Leases allowed 7,500 miles <laughs> per year. That's right. 7,500 miles. That's the cap on the amount of miles you can put on the lease car per year. And they charge you 25 cents per mile. That's about as high as you see. I've seen yeah. higher, yeah. but that's that's high. Dealer not responsible for typical typographical errors. Of course. And of course, you put the stock number in there, which is, means there's only one car available at that price, and who cares? You don't want to buy it anyway. The out-of-pocket comes to about $5,600. No, $5,600. Worse than that, the allowed 7,500 annual miles are half the miles driven by the average mothers. Average guy, gal, drives 15,000 miles a year. You only get half of that. And if you were to lease this vehicle and drive it as much as most people do, average, you'd be stuck with another, ready for this, $5,600 in over-mileage penalties. And they don't tell you this. It's in the fine print. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, this is, uh, okay. It's bait and switch, and that much is clear. But catching the trick uh, that only half the, is fun. We sent Agent Thunder there to find out how they deal with a customer who takes the bait. Speaking as if I were Agent Thunder. I walked in the showroom of Napleton's Palm Beach Acura mid-afternoon Friday. That's out on Okeechobee Boulevard. That's correct. Uh, west of the Turnpike. Yeah. It was really nice. It was decorated for the holidays with red and white Acuras arranged on the floor. A man directed me to the receptionist desk where a cheerful woman asked for my name, phone number, and driver's license. She then told me that a salesperson would be uh, by shortly to help me. I wandered around the cars waiting for the salesperson to find me. Apparently, they were having trouble finding one. I heard an annoyed-sounding manager trying to get somebody on the phone. Just after that, I was approached by a salesman named Jose. We talked about the ad. I acted very excited to have found a new car advertised for such a great payment. 89 bucks a month mm-hmm. for an Acura. Ooh. I told her my wife's lease was just ending, and we were looking forward to cutting our current payment by over two-thirds. Jose began to explain that the car in the ad was just a base model. He said base, you know, kind of like a... Uh, with a sneer. Yeah, that was, <laughs> you don't want a it's base. You. <laughs> he went on to say that I'd be better off with a better equipped ILX. Jose reviewed the different packages that were available. So 
That was pretty clever, Jose. Now, we say it was clever, but it wasn't honest. But we've actually had salespeople say, that's just the ad car. Yeah. Yeah, you can't buy that car for that price. You can't buy the car, lease the car for that payment. That's just what we use to get them in the door. We've actually had salespeople say that. And in a way, I respect that more than what Jose's doing. Jose is going for the subtle, uh, for the professional bait and switch. Yeah. I told him, I'm okay with the base model. I just want that payment. Jose replied, I'd have to come up with like, now it comes out, I'd have to come up with like $5,000 to get there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like the word get there. Yeah, that's a that, mean, that means I'm lying to you. You can't do it for the monthly payment, and you have to get $5,000 that I didn't tell you about to get the $89 payment. But he says, just to get there, $5,000. Don't go there, Jose. Yeah. It's always best to put down less, save money. And now he's now he's trying to get on my side. Yeah. You don't want to put five thousand dollars down. Yeah. I mean, he totally took the focus off did. the deception of yeah. the ad yeah. and made it seem like he's advising him. And Jose, Jose's good. He's a pro. Oh, yeah. I'll bet he's been there a while, and I bet he's one of their top salespeople. He's a pro. Mm-hmm. I asked him why they would advertise like this. Jose replied that Acura. He's blaming the manufacturer. <laughs> Acura is just trying to do what everybody else does with catchy payments. I mean, why didn't he just say, Acura is just trying to do what every other car dealer does, well, he should have, which is lie, no, cheat, and steal. No, Ed Napleton is doing, yeah, just trying to do yeah. what everybody else Acura, does. Acura, although I will say the manufacturers leave a lot to be desired and they're advertising, Acura doesn't do this sort of thing. Uh, I went on to say that you give me that payment. But again, I need to come up with a sizable chunk of money. Chunk of money. I told him my wife warned me about this possibility. He asked what my current payment was. I said the lease on my Accord is two seventy a month. Jose said we'd be able to work with something out and suggested we go look at the car and drive it. Okay. I waited a while for the Jose to get the car. Uh, then we went outside, looked it over, took it for a spin up and down Okeechobee Boulevard. Incidentally, there was an addendum. Here we go again. An addendum. Uh, phony Monroney, also known as, for $1,895. $1,895 for a bunch of nonsense uh, accessories like nitrofill. Mm-hmm. And unlimited vehicle appraisals. <laughs> There's also That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They also mentioned the snacks in the waiting room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, un- unlimited vehicle appraisals. So, uh, you will appraise my trade-in twenty-five times, but will you, will you give me different prices? No. Right. But I'll just appraise it. Here's here's what I'd like to I'd like to see a Napleton Palm Beach Acura buy a car there and then go in and get one thousand eight hundred ninety-five dollars worth of snacks yeah. over the course of their ownership. <laughs> I could do that. Jose begin. <laughs> I Mr. could do. Mister Thunder, what would you like me to do? Uh, I wouldn't advise putting down $5,000 on a lease. It would be wiser to keep that in your pocket. Don't you agree? Now, that's a classic professional yeah. quote. You know, you start people saying things that they have to answer yes to Get and they nodding. have to nod to. And, you've, and you keep on getting, and pretty soon they're in a yes nodding frenzy, and then you slip it to them. Yeah. Pop it to them, and they say yes one too many this, times, this, I feel like and they I'm get a, taken advantage of. I feel like I'm at a, like an 80s era Earl Stewart sales <laughs> meeting. Get them nodding. Get them nodding, and then slip it to them. <laughs> okay. We, walk, we talked about my three-year-old Honda. He asked if I'd be interested if I could keep my payment close to that lease, under $300. 
Mm. Well, there, yes. that's, there's another sales tactic in there is you to make them think about and, and remind them that you're talking about a three-year-old Honda versus a 2019 Acura. Yeah, good. And you remind Subtle. them, yeah. Subtle, good. Jose left me to get my deal worked out. He returned with a no-frills lease worksheet with just $1,000 due at signing. My lease payment would be $298.53, including tax for 36 months. There was no mention of annual miles. Uh, boy, I tell you, $5,000. Bam! And you don't find out about that till you turn your lease car in. And then you have a Heart cardiac attack. arrest. <laughs> $5,000. And that's what ha- happens every day, folks. It happens every day. The worksheet was confusing, but it appeared that the selling price, which is also the capitalized cost, was 21822 This included $2,143 in fees. So they put their hidden fees into the capitalized cost. So the selling price had over $2,000 worth of BS fees, hidden fees. There was also $199 listed in a line labeled maintenance, which we believe was not maintenance, would make no sense. But I think this may have been a $199 dock processing. They even mislabeled their dock fees or their hidden fees on the worksheet and called it something that it wasn't. It wasn't maintenance, but they said it was maintenance. Uh, let's see here. Um, only only two eleven forty was being used. Oh no no, There's, you missed the four ninety eight. Oh four ninety eight and aftermarket products, and we don't, don't even know, know where that came from. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I mean the addendum was eighteen hundred dollars. So what we have here is total confusion, which is exactly what the car dealer wants to do. He wants he understands it. He he can read that worksheet. He know exactly what it says. I, you can't read it. I couldn't understand it. And you're afraid, and here we are, uh, Stu and me and Agent Thunder, we're professionals. Even we could not understand the labels, yeah. and the poor consumer has no chance. Uh, also, as much of this... Of the th- also, as much of the thousand dollars I have to come up with appeared to be covered to cover fees. Only two hundred eleven forty was being used as a true down payment. There was a fifteen hundred dollar rebate. Okay, like I said, confusing as hell. I told Jose there was no way I could come home with a three hundred dollar car payment after I told my wife we'd be under a hundred dollars, eighty nine dollars a month. I told him I believed he was giving me a good deal. I just had to convince my wife of that. I'm telling that so I can get out of here. That's the exit. And get home, yeah. Uh, So, epilogue, what time we got? Okay, we got time. We tried to get a real price on the true car for our new 2019 Acura ILX, but it was impossible to do this. We did see that Naples Palm Beach Acura was the only listed true car dealer for Acura in our area, and that's a shame. I'm I'm starting to worry about true car. I, I, I hate to do this. I don't know if you still own any stock in the company. I sold all my stock. Yeah, let me, let I me, sold let all my stock. Let me be honest with you. Yeah. It sucks. It's it's yeah. it's worthless now. Yeah, that's terrible. And we use them, um, yeah. and we put our prices up there. Yeah. But you know. why didn't you tell me this a year ago when I didn't wouldn't take such a bath on my true car stock? And I saw that you were suffering from the sunken cost fallacy. Yeah. And I didn't want to ruin your ruin your day. Well, that's just, I'm very sad about true car. Well, even I'm though very sad I about my stock. stock also. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> The whole family. The ad was classic bait and switch, and Jose had no intention doing the switch uh, part once Thunder was baited. At least in some strange way, Jose was being honest about the realities and what choice did he have. I mean, he just schmoozed it uh, to make it go down easier. 
However, some things remain unanswered. What were the annual allowable miles? What was that maintenance thing? Uh, there is no maintenance. The aftermarket thing, we don't know. Uh, we have reached out to the dealer for clarification on these items, but as of now, we've received no response. So that means they don't have an honest answer. And I'm uh, looking at the worksheet here, and what a joke it is. I've, I've circled some of the uh, suspicious items, and uh, uh, it's just a damn shame. The best part on the next page yeah. is, the, uh, is the addendum picture. Oh, the, oh, the addendum, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh I see it. No, yeah. there it is right there. Yeah. I see it on the very top line. First year maintenance, $1.99. So that was maintenance. Uh-huh. They packed maintenance into the uh, thing. He didn't ask for it. Isn't that illegal? Uh, I, I think so, yeah. Well, it's uh, definitely unethical. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to check with our attorney on that. But th- th- this is silly. First year, this this is for $1,865. And this is a phony Monroney. It's right next to the regular Monroney label. And uh, they have the first-year maintenance, unlimited multi-point inspections, which means you can come in as many times as you want for our mechanics to try and f- find something wrong with your car. And, of course, that's a real valuable thing, especially when there's nothing r- wrong with your car. Pre-vacation checkup, uh, that's worth a lot of money. Uh, local shuttle service, uh, that's, that's, that's uh, priceless. Uh, unlimited car washes and vacuum if they have time and you want to wait four hours. Uh, service loaner vehicle program. I don't believe that. That's probably warranty. Uh, wheel locks, uh, nitrofill. Now there's a valuable point. I could go on and on. They put a bunch of worthless stuff here. VIP waiting area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unlimited Carfax reports. Uh, parents protection package. Uh, window tent touch-up paint, door cups. Uh, a bunch of Nonsense for eighteen hundred sixty-five dollars. Anyway, that's Napleton, Acura, Okeechobee Boulevard, and West Palm Beach, and we need to. Uh, we got grades coming in. Here we go. Uh, it doesn't look good. George gives him an F. Linda gives him a big fat F, and then Judy gives him a BFF, which I interpret to mean a big fat F, like just like Linda. Yeah. And Ed gives him an F, and I'm I'm following suit. F from me. Okay, Rick. I'm going F all the way. Yeah. Got a feeling. Uh, we're waiting to see what YouTube's will say, but uh, wow. Yeah. Nancy, Black Widow? Well, I'm going to, uh, I'm on Amazon right now. I'm pricing horsewhips. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I see I can get a real deal You're going to send us them through a horsewhipping. And uh, I'm going to go over and see Jose. And uh, we're going to have a talk Uh-oh. behind the uh, dealership. I'm going to give them an F. Uh, it's uh, repulsive, disgusting. It uh, doesn't leave me speechless. And uh, wow, what a shame. You yeah. can do business the right way, yeah. but they choose the wrong way. Yeah, I think we have to fail them. And I, I will say this. Uh, Jose and the other salesmen that work there are, are kind of like held prisoner. If they want to sell cars, they got to do it the Napleton way. And Napleton is fully responsible for his own advertising. The advertising is what's so bad. I mean, the essence of the evil in this is the totally lying, cheating, deceiving advertising. And if you work at Napleton, you got to play the game. And uh, that's what Jose did. He's playing the game. He isn't forgiving him. Uh, and he shouldn't do it, but uh, the salespeople, I could sometimes feel sorry for him. Uh, Mark Anderson, F. Mark Ryan, F. Wayne, F. And Carmen, 
grading on a curve, and it's that's got to be one heck of a curve. <laughs> C minus. Yeah. Carmen's got yeah. A, an interesting curve there. I think it may be a, a, a curly Q curve. Yeah. Huh. I you know I every time we fail somebody, uh, and I think about the vast number of dealers that do as bad or worse. I hope we're being uh, um, uniform in our grading. We failed them, well, and I'm feeling a little bit guilty. But we do our best. Yeah, it is subjective. You, you can't get around yeah. that. Yeah. One you one know, interesting note is on on that mileage yeah. limit. Uh, we recently actually had a car come in to the dealership that they were driving for Uber Lyft, and the fellow had gone over his lease by such an amount that he owed twelve thousand dollars. And that was on a reasonable mileage lease. Oh my lord! So can you imagine if somebody with seventy five hundred miles? Took his car and started driving Uber. Yeah. Thanks well, for your input, guys. Well, the driver bears some responsibility gonna, there. We're yeah. gonna. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank Stu. Boy, I'll tell you what, weekend and we got creative writing by the experts. Yeah. Anne Marie, we're gonna get your answer, your question next week. Promise. Thank you from everyone here at Earl Stewart on Cars, and I want to wish everyone a happy holiday. We'll be right back here next Saturday morning. <laughs>